Welcome to Pastor John Miller's Cultural Impact Podcast, brought to you by Church on the Rock. Hello and welcome to Pastor John's Cultural Impact Podcast. We are super excited that you joined us here today. And listen, this podcast is all about timeless wisdom for a modern culture. Uh, I'm Travis and I'm here with Pastor John. And uh, we're going to talk about some really interesting things today. But first of all, Pastor John, uh, are you excited about the holiday season? Uh, I'm not. I haven't bought a present yet. I'm recovering from Thanksgiving. But uh, I, I need to get busy. So yeah, I'm I'm always excited. We got the tree up, you know, and and uh, it's just a special time with family. Our first grandson was with us on the holidays. That was great. All right. You know, so Jesus is in the middle of it all. But yeah, I'll be excited. Uh, well, I know you got a long list of what you want, but you better get some other people some stuff as well. Right? I actually don't. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's go ahead and jump on in today. Uh, why don't you tell us what you've been telling people over the radio? Yeah, uh, one of the one of the radio spots I like to, to share with you, it has to do with uh, a, a decision by a federal judge regarding abortion in Texas. Uh, our Texas legislator passed a, a law protecting kids at a certain stage of development. Well, here's the spot, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, a federal judge struck down a Texas law that bans second trimester dismemberment abortions in which an unborn baby is literally torn limb from limb and then extracted. The judge said, the judge said the law places an undue burden on women. I asked the question, how about the burden placed on the little girl who's being assaulted in her mother's womb? The president of Planned Parenthood tweeted, she's grateful that women won't be barred from safe medical care. Safe, that is, for everyone but the baby in the womb. Right. Uh, and, and obviously, this is a very uh, touchy subject. It's a very hot-button subject. Sure it is. But, but here's my question for you today. Why should the church be involved in, in issues like abortion? Well, we speak for life. Uh, pure religion in the Bible, remember James told us it was to care for orphans and widows. In the Old Testament, it talked about the stranger. It talked about the homeless. Again, the widow, the orphan, people that are helpless. And there's none more helpless than a, a, an innocent child in a womb that uh, virtually at any stage of its development that its life could be over. Uh, it's sad our Constitution didn't even recognize rights of a child in the womb. You know, when Roe versus Wade was passed many, many years ago, there was a question when, uh, when it was really a human being. But now science and technology has clearly shown us that it's a human being at conception. It's got its own unique DNA. It feels pain very early on in its development. And uh, we should, this should matter to us because these little innocent boys and girls in the womb, and that's what they are. You know, we've been taught in school that it's it's fetal matter, uh, that it's uh, uh, the process of conception. No, it's a living human being. Uh, you've never had a woman give birth to a horse or a dog or a donkey. It's a human being created in the image of God, and, and God cares very much about people. The psalmist said that before we were even born, our days were written in a book. Right. You know, John the Baptist, when, when he was in his mother's womb, the Bible says he leaped for joy. Uh, Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 1, God said, before you were born, I called you as a prophet to the nation. So ultimately, uh, we want to speak for those who can't speak for themselves uh, about this horrible brutality that's just normal in America. Yeah. And, and, you know, really, I guess this, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this really isn't a political issue. Not at all. This is more of an issue of uh, a right to life. Yeah, yeah, it's moral. If it's it's ethics, it has to do with human beings and how we treat human beings. So you know, I, I think 
we've allowed uh, somehow perhaps the secularists in society to, to ascribe politics uh, to so many cultural issues that are really moral issues. And uh, we say, well, the church shouldn't talk about politics, but the church, its people should very much be on the forefront of moral issues providing guidance today. That's great. And that would be a follow-up question for me. What, what can the average Christian do in particular with this issue of abortion? What can we do? Well, obviously I can't stop it on my own tomorrow, but, but, but let's, let's, let's start at the most basic thing we can do is pray. We can pray that God would change what's legal in America at any stage of development. I can educate people. I can talk to people. For example, the secular education process has made, you know, kids, young people realize today or think today that, that, that it's not a human being. It doesn't matter. It's a matter of choice. It's a, women, a woman's right. But I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact that millennials today are much more against abortion even than my generation. That's right. Because they're thinking about it. They're more educated about it. So certainly talking to people. For example, in this case, the people... Duly of the people uh, uh, and through their duly elected representatives passed a law and a rogue federal judge overstepped his bounds and he basically uh, overturned the will of the people so we can educate people on, on things like this. For example, a second tri trimester dismemberment abortion. So this child, if, if the baby's going to go to term in nine months, this is somewhere between months three, four, five, six, somewhere in there. It's a fully developed human being. This child is literally ripped apart in the mother's womb. There's no anesthesia. You know, I won't even let the dentist do anything without yes. laughing gas and, and Novocaine. And here's a human being feeling pain. So we talk about it. We educate people. Uh, and certainly our vote matters. For yeah. example, when, when I was thrilled that they elected Mr. Gorsuch on the Supreme Court because the next Supreme Court justice could well face another Roe versus Wade uh, and protect. So voting is important, educating people, that whole process. And lastly, I, I would encourage uh, the Christian community to be involved in adoption because we don't want to just say abortion is wrong. Listen, it's a highly emotional subject. Yeah. It's not just something that's arm's length. It's very painful. Uh, if you've gone through an abortion, you know the pain of it, whether you were the father or the mother of the child. It's painful. It has lasting regrets. Some people are just in a tough situation. It's even hard to raise the baby. Yeah. So we don't want to be condescending or self-righteous in any way. We want to empathize with people. But at the same time, uh, uh, adoption is a very viable option to, to help these little children have a life. Yeah, and the church is in a prime place to help the mother, to help the baby Absolutely. moving forward. Absolutely. That's great. Well, kind of moving on, let's jump to our next subject if you want to go ahead and read yeah. uh, that subject. Well, Charles Manson recently died, and when I read that, it made me think about the legacy of our life. And here's the little 30-second spot I shared. What kind of legacy will you leave with your life? Charles Manson died at 83. He's remembered for turning youth into violent killers without remorse. On the flip side, William Wilberforce led the movement to stop slavery, and Mother Teresa gave her life to help the poor. God has given all of us one life to live, and then we'll stand before Him on Judgment Day. God has given us all the power to choose. We can make bad choices like Charles Manson or good choices that will follow us into eternity. It's up to us. That's a great spot right there, just comparing Charles Manson, someone who you would consider the worst of the worst, someone who did very little with what 
the talents God gave him. And then you look at Mother Teresa, who gave her yeah. life to helping poor kids in India. Well, he's been in prison for decades, but if people have been around a while, I mean, he was this, all appearances uh, seem to be a demonically inspired man, inspired brutal killings by his followers, almost cult-like with no remorse. Yeah. But you know, you can watch modern day TV shows today. Uh, for example, uh, my wife and I like NCIS, but I can't watch some of it. It's so gory and the murders. Yeah. And there was another show, not to, I can't even think of the name of it, but I had to stop watching it because it was stepping into the minds of psychotic killers. Yeah. And these are shows that entertain us on television today. Yeah. I mean, the hypocrisy, you know, of our, you know, Hollywood is basically when there's a big violent gun shooting at a school or somewhere, oh, we shouldn't have guns. But at the same time, our media is filled with all these horrible acts of violence. We're desensitized to it, and we just kind of compartmentalize it and let it go. Yeah. Well, you know, just kind of on the subject of making sure your life counts, because here's the deal. At the end of the day, we all have a certain amount of years to live. How can the average person make sure they live a life that's meaningful, like a Mother Teresa, rather than a Charles Manson? Well, I would say a life with me. First of all, let's contextualize life. When we're born, we have a limited number of days. We don't know how long it's going to be. The Bible says in Hebrews, it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. The Bible teaches us that one day we're going to give an account for God, not only for our sins, and here's the good news where Christ comes in. On judgment day, I have an advocate that stands before me. My sins have literally been transferred to Christ. Uh, I'm not going to be judged for my sins that separate me from God, but God is going to hold me, particularly the Christian, to an account for what he's given me. Yeah. You know, the parable of the talents talks about our stewardship of our resources, our uh, stewardship of our time, stewardship of our gifts. And I don't want to stand before God and say, you know what, I live for myself all my life. I don't want to be like the rich young ruler who, when he, who living his days, he was blessed abundantly, but he spent it all on himself. He wasted it all, and then the yeah. Bible says you're a fool because you have wasted it all on yourself. So yeah. with, that, uh, with that context, uh, your question was, what can a Christian do to prepare ultimately for eternity? Right. Well, first of all, I would say this. Don't wait for the big thing tomorrow. In other words, don't say, well, when I get out of college or when I get married or, or when, I get, uh, you know, when I retire, then I'm going to serve the Lord. Then I'm going to give when I pay my house off. Start where you are today. Good. It could be the most basic things. For example, in the Christmas season, we have tons of opportunities to help the poor. Uh, we, we, we have people give money for Bibles every week. Well, what if you just skipped to Starbucks and, and, and bought a Bible? We collect money for kids uh, in Haiti. You can feed a child for 30 cents, uh, 30 cents a meal. Uh, when you pay your, give your tithe, whether you're tithing off $100, 1000 or $10,000, you're investing a portion of your resources in the kingdom of God. So you'll have a lifelong investment of your finances. Uh, uh, certainly, looking for opportunities to influence people for Christ, sharing your faith. Uh, we encourage people to hand out church invitations. Anything I can do to influence someone for Christ, uh, serving people in any fashion, helping the poor in the Christmas season. So in other words... God has given us all time, gift, opportunity, and resources. Yeah. So literally every day, every season of my life, let there be a rhythm 
of serving the Lord as opposed to thinking one day I'm going to get it all together and then do a lot. Yeah, uh, that's good. <coughs> and especially during this season, the holiday season, you know, the Bible even talks about it's more uh, blessed to give than to receive. Yeah. And and just looking at these comparisons that you did, um, a few of those people gave. Their life was about giving and Charles Manson's life was about taking. And so, you know, for the average Christian, we can be givers of yeah. whatever we have. So Well, that's the heart of the Christian message. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That's great. And that doesn't mean we live this horrible life of oppression, but it really means that Jesus is not only Savior, but he's Lord. And I'm here on the earth, on the reason, earth for a purpose, and that's to serve him and make a difference. And one day, we'll stand before him, and our hope is, as the Scripture says, we'll hear him say, well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord. Amen. That's yeah. that's great. Any any further comments that you have today? No, that's great. Amen. Well, hey, I'm Travis. This is Pastor John. Uh, Zach's our sound technician. We have Cole running our camera. And listen, this podcast is all about connecting and engaging the culture and doing what God's called us to do, make a difference. So we will see you next time. Yeah. Hey, invite a friend. Tell them about it. If you like it, get them to sign up and we'll see you next time. We're so excited that you guys tuned in with us today. We want to make sure that you know you can subscribe below. And also, if you liked what we talked about today, make sure you share with a friend. But until next time, of Pastor John's Cultural Impact Podcast, we pray that you have a blessed week.